She said, I used to think that I wasn't good enough. Now I know I am too good for most of the men. I wanted to read this one because I don't think that this is self-love. I think that this is self-soothing. Like a pacifier or a binky, if you're in America, is not a meal. It's not milk that you're putting in a baby's mouth. It's something that provides opportunity for suckling, but there's like no actual substantial nourishment there. And whenever we do that, when we use self-love as a way to elevate ourselves above other people, that's not real love because I think real love is just seeing the good in everybody. And when you can genuinely see the good in yourself, you can see it in everybody else. If you're still classifying as some people as not good enough, some people as bad, and you are good, you are still leaving the door open for you to be a bad person. You're leaving the door open for you not to be good enough because the only thing that's stopping you from being them is one decision, one action. That's so fickle. Like Love shouldn't feel that fickle. It shouldn't feel moment to moment, decision to decision. We, again, can have different preferences. But the idea that like, well, I'm above you now, I'm better than you now because I'm this person. Again, you just need to make one wrong decision and then you're back to being that person. And now do you have to degrade yourself the way that you degraded others? That doesn't sound fun. So I, I'd say dust yourself off and try again. No shade, but kind of shady, right? Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said, lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said. Hi there, lovers and friends, welcome to the podcast, my name is Shamboudram, I'm a public-facing sex and relationship expert, and I am actually working on a new project with Dixie D'Amelio and Josh Richards on a podcast that is meant to be like a Gen Z advice podcast about sex relationships and life, and in that... I am with two people who are much younger than me. And sometimes when we're taping together, the weight of the conversation can feel like, well, this is the expert. So what does she have to say? I think it's just important to note that expert just means rounded opinion, diverse, multifaceted, multi-medium opinion. Like there's no right or wrong answer in any of this. Love is an art. Sex is an art. And are there professional artists out there? Absolutely. Are there expert artists? But is their art necessarily better than a two-year-old? That's just based on the viewer. The parent of that two-year-old is not going to say that. The Picasso is better. I mean, they might, but um, it's your connection to something, your experience with it, that is going to determine your feelings about it. So I'm not expressing anything here that is Bible. I'm just expressing various opinions based on the fact that I have the benefit of getting to study this topic and read lots of different people's perspectives and hear, of course, so many of your perspectives. So I get to be a sounding board of all of that um, to provide options for you. That's really what it is. I'm not a sex and relationship expert as much as I am a sex and relationship option expert. I can present many options. I don't know what's exactly right for you. That's so important to note on this episode because I just want to talk to you guys about self-love. A hugely important, some would say the most important component of life. This topic is extremely personal to me. And I think that what really called me to speak about it now more than ever is my opinion on self-love has shifted dramatically Case in point, we'll start off this episode by saying something that would have been impossible for me to genuinely say five years ago. Hi, how are you? I love you. Or even if I'm out in the world and someone says, my God, Shan, like, I love you. I love your work. Saying, you know, I love you too. Thank you would have been like, I one would never say that probably. And two, if I did, I'd be like punching myself in the stomach. Like that was a lie. I don't love these people because I don't know you. And that was when I was under the premise that each person had to audition for love. And maybe that was before I defined what love really meant for me. So to me, what love is, is that I see the good in you. I want the best for you. Boil down, case point, period, that's it. When I love you, I see the good, I see the humanness, I see the beauty in you. And I genuinely hope that you get whatever you want. Now that is love in an infinite sense. I can infinitely give that to every single person. And in practice, I really try to mentally do this. Jared and I went to New York this weekend 
when I was in the airport, I was really just practicing looking at each person being like, I love you. I love you, you're doing your best. I love you, I see how hard you're trying. I love you, I see how much you care. I love you, I love how you show up for yourself and for others. I can see that without even saying one single word to you. I just know inherently like you are lovable and I love you. However, love in an active standpoint, in an action-based um, sense is very finite because that's usually demonstrated through time and through resources and through attention, things that I don't have an infinite amount about. So while I do genuinely love you, I do see the best in you. If you asked me like, well, the best thing for me, Shan, would be like a million dollars because I have to do this. Can you give that to me? Based on our relationship, that would determine whether or not I would. I mean, I probably can't do that regardless of who asked me, but um, I'd have to mortgage my house. But I, that to be said, I do want to differentiate those two things and just you know, not making this seem overly flowery. And that's also something I've really battled with for a long time too is are these concepts just so beautiful and poetic and heady that they're not actually tangible and practical? And you guys know that I love grit. I love things I can sink my teeth and my hands into. And it just took me a long time to really round out these concepts um, to a place where I really could believe them because I could see it. I could touch it. I could feel it. I could taste it. So in this episode, what I would love to be doing with you is just sharing general reflections on self-love, again, from a personal standpoint, reflecting on some of the literature that both I wrote and that I read and that deeply impacted me. And then lastly, I'm going to be reflecting on your questions and some of your insights on self-love. So it's just you and I, in case I didn't make that clear. Um, yeah, it's just Mono Amingo this episode, so let's get into it. Hi, lover. Hi, friend. I want to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, BetterHelp. Now, have you ever had a moment when you knew exactly what was good for you, but your own brain seemed to be working against you? You know, like when you feel like exercising will make you feel better, but you also know you don't feel good enough to exercise. Now, I've been there too. And here's the thing. It's all about the agreements that you make with yourself and the language you use around those agreements. Yeah, not only do we have to learn how to communicate with others, we also also need to learn how to talk to ourselves motivationally and compassionately. And therapy can help you start that conversation by asking you questions and providing you with tools to get you clearer, more actionable answers. Yes, therapy is not just for those who have experienced a major trauma. It's about learning positive coping skills, setting boundaries, and becoming the best version of yourself. And if you have considered starting therapy, I say give BetterHelp a shot. What's great about it is that it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and tailored to suit your schedule. You can get started by simply filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best part, you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Make your brain your lover and your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lovers today to get 10% off your first month. I want to make sure you heard that. It's betterhelp.com slash lovers. BetterHelp is here to support you on your journey towards a happier and healthier you. First thing is first, I really wanted to go back to the game of desire. And it's interesting because this is something very important to know about me and the way that I grew up. I grew up with parents whom had the... Um, spoil the child mentality, which is very telling of like my generation. So my dad, for example, felt like if you were too nice to me, you would spoil and ruin me. My parents very affectionately talk about this theory or rule they had in our house, which is fridge worthiness. So they viewed some parents as making everything fridge worthy. Whatever the kid did would go on the fridge. But my parents prided themselves on telling me what was good and what was not good. So if I presented them with something like a piece of art and said, look what I made, they'd be like, okay, that's not good. It's not going on the fridge. And so there would be this fridge of things that they would differentiate. So that not all things that I did were like worthy of praise and attention. And that is, again, this notion that like too much positivity is bad, too much love is bad, too much Raise is bad. So I grew up with a very clear grading system in my household of when I did something well, when I didn't, when I was good, when I wasn't, when I was lovable, when I was not lovable, when I was likable, when I was not likable. Like I could, I could answer those questions at any given time. Like, hey, today, like, do your parents like you? Do your parents think that you're, you know, worthy of being loved? Like they're always going to love you in an unconditional sense, but like, do they love loving you? So I, I butt up against that because I don't know if that's right or wrong. And I was watching the Beckham 
mini series recently, and David Beckham's dad was notorious like this. And many people who have gone on to do great things in their life have parents who were like this, who were really hard on them. Not to say that my parents were like that, but um, yeah, like David Beckham's dad would just constantly never, he's never satisfied with him. And that always pushed him. And David Beckham said that he went through this horrendous time in his life where the whole country was against him. But because the country didn't approve of him, but also his entire life, his dad never approved of him, it was not that difficult to cope with. Cause he's like, I was actually training for this my whole life. And I don't know if that's a positive thing or not. Again, going back to what I said off the top, am I an expert in knowing exactly like what is the best way to live life? Absolutely not. So I can just reflect on my experiences and say that because I grew up with this audition for love mentality, this fridge worthiness, this good and not good and mediocre and best mentality, I didn't just apply that to my work or to other relationships. I also applied this principle to self-love. And of course, this is a concept that I have popularized or talked about quite a bit in this podcast. The biggest lesson that this hard time has taught me is that your definition of self-love cannot be based on your favorite things about yourself. Because that means when you're not capable of being the best version of you, you don't have access to loving yourself because nothing that you love about yourself do you qualify for. So for example, my definition of self-love, if you were to ask me, you know, Shan, why do you love yourself a year ago? I would have been like, I love myself because I am motivated because I am up for the challenge, I have a lot of energy, and I do what needs to get done in order to be a version of myself that I'm most proud of. Now, what happens when I don't have energy? I don't feel like trying. And so I felt like a person. And at a time when all I needed was to feel like it's okay, I understand you, I still love you, I couldn't offer that to myself. So I had to redefine self-love from what I loved most about myself to my love for my ability to be there with me despite who I am and what I currently am not. Wherein for such a long time, I've been capable of being a version of myself that I was really proud of. Even if I wasn't always that person, the capacity to be that person was there. I always had the capability to turn it on when I wanted to. I always had the capability to run fast or to jump high, like, you know, things like that because of ability. Like my body would always respond to certain commands. And from a mental health perspective, I'd go through ups and downs, but truly I feel that like will has been a strong part of my life. I could pick and choose who I wanted to be. And that is a privilege that I now understand more than ever, especially having gone through pregnancy, specifically my second pregnancy where I was just so sick, just not able-bodied, um, so sick. My energy was so incredibly low and the demands on me were insurmountably high during that time. Like that time in my life, I genuinely can say I didn't enjoy being alive. I didn't think of ending my life, but I woke up every day and I was just like, just get back to bed. And let me just say something. A can-do attitude can only get you so far. If you don't feel well, do not feel bad about not having a lust for life. Do not feel bad about not having energy. Do not feel bad about not being productive. It is so incredibly hard to give when it is taking everything to just get out of bed in the morning. And I know that we give the messaging to sick people that a positive mindset can go a really long way, but I would have loved someone just to say, your life sucks, and if you don't feel like doing I totally get it. When you're not well, it is so incredibly hard to focus on anything else. So do what you can do to feel good, to get better, give whatever extra reserve energy you have, yes, to progress, to positivity. But if you ain't got shit that day, don't worry about it. Going through that period of time and then for the first time in my life, not getting to choose to be the me that was fridge worthy, like I did not have access to that. I hated myself. Like I really resented myself. I resented who I'd become. And the thing about even pregnancy, which you know is a finite amount of time, it's nine months, there is still fears that what if my energy never comes back? What if I always feel this sick? What if I never um, 
feel positive again or never have energy again? What if I'm always just resentful towards people? So there was that fear that that would exist inside of me. So it just like led to a lot of hatred towards others, hatred towards self. And that's what led me to therapy. I talked about utilizing better help during this time. And um, the lessons that I learned through both therapy and then therapeutic mediums like reading, I read a lot of books by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. and his dad as well, and about the mastery of love. And they talk a lot about the concept of just people being perfect, like not needing to be anything. Um, and the concept of the Western world or a modern world really judging people as human doings. Like, what are you doing as a human? That'll tell me like how great you are or how lovable you are. And this book really just brought it back to human beings. Like just being is enough. Like you're actually perfect. And you're kind of like, yeah, 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 when you hear that, right? But I want to really round out how I think that is actually genuinely true. Let me just do that right now. So I've come to this place now where self-love to me is not a practice. It is not an effort. It is not a question. It is. It is a constant in my life. And again, this is not fixed for everybody. I'm going to read some comments from people who say like self-love for them is a practice and it is an effort. I've just gotten around that by just acknowledging the fact that I am literally perfect. I'm an actual perfect being. I'm perfect Shambhudram. Um, and why is that? Because there is no other me to compare against. What is a perfect circle? It is a circle that compares against another circle that society has determined to be the best circle. So we have never determined that any human being is the best human. So from like that standpoint, we have no point of comparison. Even right now, I'm sure you cannot draw upon a person that five people in the comment section will agree with you is like the benchmark of humanity. Jesus Christ. And we can have a whole conversation about that. But um, there is no such thing as a perfect human being that we can compare something to. So then all you can do is compare yourself against yourself. But then who's the judge of that, right? There's no external person who can assess whether you're the best version of you or the worst version of you, but you're just you. So once we can adopt the principleness of just automatic perfection, automatic qualification to love, automatically you're an amazing human being just by being, we can then incorporate things like taste, right? So rather than saying what is good, what is not good, what is perfect, what is imperfect, we can say my preference. My parents could have said this artwork is incredible, it is perfect, it is amazing, it's not my preference. If you wanna put this up on your own fridge, if you want to keep this, I support you in doing that. Um, I really prefer this other art that you have done in the past. I prefer this other thing, but that doesn't take away from the value of this thing. I think that that kind of mindset is something that I'm more moving towards in my everyday life. To kick this conversation off, I want to read a beautiful email from Brianna. She says, hi Shan, I believe it's fate that you popped up on my Discover page. Over the years, I've been a fan of your work and your original YouTube channel for years. Shout out to the OG YouTube channel. Currently, I'm struggling with depression. I feel like a shell of myself, and while I'm not playing to self-harm, I am struggling to find a reason to live. In the past three years, I've gained a significant amount of weight and moved to a completely different state with absolutely no friends or family. And while I've always been the strong friend, now in my time of need, I realize that when I need a strong friend or support system, no one can be found aside from my therapist, I'm grateful for, but even she agrees that I need more than just her and God. Part of me feels like I don't have friends because I'm inherently unlovable. I would really like your advice on how to pick up the pieces and begin to heal slash love yourself when you feel burned out and utterly alone. There's definitely parts of this that aspirationally I can speak to but there are parts of this that realistically I absolutely can't. I can't imagine what it's like to be you, to be all alone at such a critical time in your life and to see changes in your body that you're not happy with and to not feel happy overall in life. And I'm really sorry that you're going through that. I really do love you. Um, I feel for you. And I can tell that you're really doing your absolute best and it's just not working out the way that you want. And that fucking sucks. 
I love the fact that you have a therapist. I love the fact that you try the fuck out of life. I love the fact that you are showing up for yourself and that you do know what is meant for you. You do know what is worthy for you. Let go of the anger and the resentment towards people who are not able to be there for you during this time. I spoke about this before in a podcast too, where there's a special skill, therapy is probably the name for it, for people who are able to hold space for those who are grieving, for those who are in pain, for those who are depressed. And many people have not acquired that skill. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. They don't have the specific skills to give you the kind of actionable love that you need in this moment. They might have that infinite love for you, but that finite love, the actual steps that you need, those people that you have serendipitously around you just don't have that skill. It doesn't mean that they don't love or care for you. And if you can let that penetrate your heart and you can feel the love around you, you will know that you are impossibly lovable. It is impossible not to love you. It truly, truly is. The advice I'm going to give you might be a little strange, but I want you to put a big old stain on your shirt, ketchup stain, and go out and talk to people. Like make that your mission. Go into a club or to a bar or to the, a coffee shop and strike up conversation with people with this stupid ass stain on your shirt. Give yourself a mental excuse for why people are going to judge you and disqualify you. And that way, if it doesn't work out, you're like, it's probably because I had that stain. And then just see what happens, right? Like make it a fun experiment. Um, I always reference this back and I don't know where I even heard of this before, but I heard of this study where there was a woman who had an agreement where she would not look at a reflection or mirror for two days. On the first day, she was told she was gonna be in full glam. So they had a makeup artist do full glam on her and do her hair. And then the next day she was told she was going out barefaced with nothing on. Well, the trick was the first day they did not put any makeup on her. It was like just water and creams and like loose powders. And she did not look any different than she did the second day. And when they asked her about her experience in the two different days, it was day and night. The second day people were kinder to her. People were warmer. She was able to make friends. Um, life was kinder. The world was kinder, but physically nothing was different. But what was different is the way that she felt about herself the energy that she exuded, the permission that she gave herself. The fact that day two, she wasn't apologizing for her existence. I'm sorry, I look really scruffy. I'm sorry, I have this big old stain on my shirt. I'm sorry, I'm not this. She just went and did and existed and expected that kind of warmth and that's what she generated back. Even though again, there physically was no difference between those two days. So I wonder if you lower the stakes for yourself and so, it can be very difficult to keep putting yourself in these auditioning experiences to meet new people and to meet new friends when you're not one feeling it and two, someone's rejection is just inherently going to feel personal because this has been a trend over time for you that has hurt. So if you can pin it on something external and then make it an inside joke with yourself, I just wonder if you'll just show up differently and how that will feel. Um, it could be really bad advice, but yeah, the advice I would give to anybody who is in a situation where very important things are not going well and they feel extremely stressed about that is that it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I would tell people just to lower the stakes, gamify this and make this more fun and approachable. And I'm gonna give myself practice where it doesn't feel so personal. Um, so I hope that works for you, Brianna. Kikisi says, lacking self-love is like a tree without roots, unsustainable. I would love for this to be a debate in the comment section below. Popping in to talk about what's popping over at our fave supplement company, Ritual. So during the summer, I told you all about Symbiotic Plus. This was created specifically with that weird gut stuff in mind because I was about to play mass and I wanted to look great. And if you missed it, here's how I looked. Now, some of you want to know, how did I get my abs to ab like that? Two answers, one, hanging leg raises. And secondly, is my daily three-in-one prebiotic, probiotic, and postbiotic that supports relief from mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. Now, what sets Symbiotic Plus apart is its postbiotic. It provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining and support a healthy gut barrier. And don't worry about refrigeration or carrying around multiple bottles. Symbiotic Plus is an all-in-one, single-nested, minty capsule that is easy to take with you when you travel. 
Speaking of travel, what do we do when we travel? We pack all these outfits that we imagine we're gonna look great in, and then we just cross our fingers and hope that with all the new food and water and activities that bloating is not gonna interfere with the vision for our look. Why? It's time to go with the flow of your gut, or specifically to gain control of that flow. Ritual and Symbiotic Plus are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. And to celebrate that, they are offering listeners of Lovers and Friends 30% off their first month. So all you have to do is go to ritual.com slash lovers. If you already have an existing ritual order, just add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. Again, that is ritual.com slash lovers for 30% off your first month. Self-love is like a tree without roots, unsustainable. I would love for this to be a debate in the comment section below because this analogy does definitely hold up. A tree without roots is not going to last for long. You could put it in water, but you probably got a week or they have those companies now that they can last for a year. But other than that, like you need to be able to draw nourishment from the ground. Um, without the ability to do that, you can't survive. But as we know, humans are not designed to be happy, they're designed to be safe, and they're designed to survive. And I don't know if you need self-love to survive. I know you need food. I know you need water. I know that you need health, You're certain lots of body functions to exist. You gotta be able to shit <laughs> to survive. But do you have to be able to love yourself to survive? I don't think so. So I disagree with that. I don't know if you're gonna have a happy life don't know if you're going to have a fulfilled life that we can debate, but you can thrive. You certainly can thrive. Sam Russell says, does being in a romantic relationship help you to love yourself more? Here is something that I have been embarrassed to admit for years that I can now round out into fuller language. You'll recall from this video, I made this comment. If I was to say the most stark thing that I've learned about love in this relationship in particular, is that a good love makes you love yourself more. And I don't know if it's supposed to work that way. Um, and sometimes I feel guilty for it working that way because I want to have that kind of love for myself regardless of what's happening in the world. But to be honest, being loved by somebody who shows you sides of yourself that you didn't exercise before or who gives you space to be your crazy self and accepts that, um, who doesn't mind that your legs are always spiky. They're never smooth. You never ever have smooth legs and they somehow think that's cool. I wrote this in an Instagram comment for Jared's birthday this year, so actually like a week ago. With you, I get to be the impossible. Perfect, just right, accepted and free. I'll blissfully spend my whole life trying to give you that gift right back. Happy birthday to my multi-hyphenated lover. The concept of self-love is so fucking bananas and out of this world and heady. And the reason why I can sink my teeth into it and grasp it is because the way that my romantic partner loves me. Because it exists on contrasts that don't make sense from one sentence to the next. Because on one sentence, I can absolutely say that Jared knows me more than anyone else and can tell you where he thinks I need to improve. And he calls me out. He holds me accountable. He holds a mirror to my face. And I don't have to change a single fucking thing to be deserving and worthy of the kind of continuous love that he has given me from day one. He completely accepts and gets me, he sees all parts of me, and he sees them as good, even when it's not his preference. He's like just able to hold the whole picture of me beautifully. And he holds it accountable, while also holding it close to his heart. I don't even get it. Like, I don't get how that works. And I've complained about this before too, right? I've said, when I look really done up and jazzed up, Jared does not treat me any different from the days that I don't look like my preferential look or society's preferential way. When I know, I know very clearly on Instagram, when I look in a way that is worthy of more attention and praise and likes in that finite way. And when I look in a way that people are like, okay, scroll to the next. I don't have that sense at all with Jared. And um, there's something very beautiful about that. But then, yeah, sometimes when I'm like done up, I'm like, can I get a little extra something here? But um, yeah, he just like just sees me as good enough 
and worthy, accepted and free. And the free component too. I don't even know what decision that I would make that would make him turn against me. I just have complete freedom to do as I please. And maybe that's because the realm of the things that I please to do or desire to do are not that wacky. Um, but yeah, I just have a, a partner who I just have complete faith that I can decide something different tomorrow and they will be there to support me, even if it's not their preference. Um, they just like, see me as such a good person through and through and they see the good in me and they want the best for me and they trust that I want those things for myself. Maybe that's the piece of it that has to be there. My self-love empowers Jared to love me in the way that he does. And in turn, maybe I empower him to love himself in that way as well. But I do believe it doesn't have to be a romantic love. It could be a parental love. It could be a love from an animal, right? Like that quality of love though, that you're both completely perfect and it's perfectly fine if you don't want to stay this version of yourself and I'll help you to change if you want to. I think that experiencing that through somebody else can definitely teach you. But I would love to say that there are some people out there who could learn that from the inside out. I hope maybe my kids can, or I hope moreover I can teach it to them. Oof, great question. Another great question from Sama, how do you maintain consistent self-love? You don't put any qualifiers on it. You don't take it away. You don't have to work towards it. You don't have to work at it. You just accept the fact that you're good. I'm pausing because we all want to put qualifiers in this conversation because we can think of some human beings who have done some pretty heinous things that one can argue is not lovable. But that is still a human being doing what humans are capable of doing. And that human is capable of making a different choice in different circumstances. I feel like if we boil things down to basic human needs and basic human feelings, we can insert ourselves into any human experience. And that's a big varied statement to make and I'm drawing upon a lot of examples and a lot of terrible things and a lot of amazing things that human beings have done. And I can't think of one that I can't substitute myself into. And especially if I took the time to listen to that person's story and hear how this balance netted out for them, I feel like I could still love them. And that just gives me infinite hope that I'm capable of loving myself through everything. Yeah, the practice of loving other people, the practice of accepting other people builds up that muscle for me to do it for myself. I think that, yeah, if I'm able to imagine the worst human act and imagine myself talking to that person and looking to that person's life, and I can imagine myself still reaching out and touching that person's hand and saying, it's okay, you're still good then how, yeah, how could I not do that for myself? How could I, how, what scenario will I not be able to love myself in? So why do I even have to, there's no point in me even keeping the notion that I have to wake up and think about whether or not I can love myself that day. I know I can love myself through anything. I might be surprised, but I don't have to live through life with the fear of that surprise creeping up. So Yoni says self-love and self-worth are things that we practice. They're not fixed states that we have or that we don't have. I don't agree with this, but I also am in all transparency at a place in my life where I am very lovable and I have tons of examples of how I'm worthy. So I probably could have had to have asked myself this question, you know, 15 years ago. But when I think about the things that have brought me to the place that I'm at today, it has less to do with the boxes that I ticked and more to do with the realizations that I've made through life. And those realizations I think are universal. I don't think that they're only for people who've done X or Y. Excuse me, mosquito. I really gotta work on loving your ass because woo, the way that I pray for your extinction every single day. 
Pardon the interruption. I'm just here to talk about my fave skims. So get a snack, light a candle, get comfortable. And if getting comfortable isn't that easy for you right now because of what you're wearing, I am thrilled to put you on to skims, a company that is creating the next generation of loungewear for everybody. And in my opinion, for every occasion. So maybe we can't always wear the most comfortable shoes, but underwear and shapewear and basics should and could and must be cute and comfortable, period. So if you don't believe me, I don't blame you. I finally tried Skims after all the hype and became an instant groupie of their Fits Everybody collection. Serendipitously, I'm always wearing something when I do this ad read. Right now, I'm wearing my fave bra by them. And I also just got put on to the classic cotton collection, which has fresh cuts like the cotton jersey Chica Tanga and the rib plunge bralette. And the way the t-shirts fit will just have you so thankful that a company finally listened to what matters most to you when it comes to a nice fitting t-shirt. This is Skim's most tagged collection for a reason. It's made from ultra soft and natural fibers and is available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. Now do not be like me and be a skeptic or a skim tick. Experience some of your best multi-wear wardrobe pieces today with Skims. They have over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. To find that reason out for yourself, because you got to feel it to believe it, go to skims.com to browse. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. And after you have checked out, please stay a little bit longer for the survey, the How'd You Hear About Us survey, and select lovers and friends. That would mean the world to me. Brittany Love Notes says, self-love is still a work in progress. Does it end? Then she wrote, laugh out loud. Yeah, I think it ends right this second when you just decide I did it. Whatever it is that I thought I had to do in order to get to a place where I'm accepting and understanding of me, when I'm loving of me, I've already done those things. I'm in balance. I am good. The world around me is good. And best of all, I can choose to be different based on my preferences as those change. I could choose to change back, right? Those gifts are there, again, within your capacity of reason. Because like I said, when you're not able-bodied, that changes. So, yeah. Yeah, you love yourself right now just because you're alive and you're perfect in this moment. Because elsewise, yeah, it never ends. And that sucks. (laughs) Life is so uncertain and so unstable and everything is in flux and human's gift is our criticalness. My gosh, can we just wonder at the rapid advancements of man all due to the fact that we constantly say this could be better. Like that's beautiful. And we have that in everything that we do. Every meal that we eat, every time that we have sex, every time that we tuck our kids into bed, everything, we're constantly saying like, this could be better. And that's great because we're learning and we're growing and we're advancing. Just reserve one place in life where you don't have to do that for yourself, where you don't have to audition. You set the bar so low and that's it. Like I'm setting the bar for self-love extremely low for myself. It does not require a lot for me to be lovable. I just have to be. I have to be able to form the thought. And if I can form the thought, I can answer the question. If that's your criteria, then yeah, it can end today, right now. And why the fuck not? Answer that question for me. Debate me. Why the fuck not? Zay Delicious Designs says, reframing self-love as reparenting myself has been huge. I love Zay Delicious Designs. I actually have to look at your work because uh, I always enjoy your commentary. I think you're so smart and you always give me a lot to think about. I really love this comment and it sat with me because at first I was like, no. And then I was like, yes. And I actually have to reflect on that too, that being a parent has absolutely changed my definition of love, of self-love, and of loving others. And a parent specifically to my oldest, Ryu. Ryu is such a strong personality. She is equally unlikable as she is likable, like really 50-50. She's going to be three years old in November, so she's just starting out at life. But from the time she was born, man, this kid was like equally unlikable. I mean, in the standards of um, agreeableness and calm and emotionally stable and cooperative and adaptable, like those things that we really value in Western society, she struggles with all of those things. 
but she excels at being funny and charismatic, memorable, outgoing, thought-provoking, a thought leader, just not a pushover. Like we make a joke in our family that like Ryu could write the book on boundaries. She is the queen of I'm not doing a single damn thing that I don't want to do and I'm making it very clear what I will and won't do. Um, there's so many great gifts about her, but there are a lot of things about her that she can make life really challenging for herself, which I empathize with that because just based on her natural temperament, she spends a lot of her existence in turmoil. She spends a lot of her existence not being happy, um, which I don't know. Maybe she's happy being frustrated. But nonetheless, like that experience of parenting her and not wishing she was someone else something that I've had to struggle with. And that's really self-love is. I talk about this in my clip with JD. How much is enough before you get involved into a relationship? How much completeness, we'll call it? I would date me hmm. if I had options of tons of people. Mm -hmm. I would hire me if I was in a position to hire. Yeah. In essence, if I had an option to be someone else, I would decline and I would still choose to be me. Wow. So I think that's when you know you've reached a place of self-love, when mm. you would pick yourself. Sure. And I want to pick my kid. I want to pick Ryu for better or for worse. And again, preferentially, there's a lot of hard moments. There's a lot of worst moments that come with it. But I, I, don't, I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't change her for the world. I wouldn't swap her out. And I can hold the truth of who she is, that a lot of parts of her that are so amazing can only exist because of the parts of her that are challenging and that right now she is in perfect balance. As she grows, will I give her tools to be in a balance that I think will lead to a happier existence? I hope, but then I also have to be mindful of like, well, am I trying to infringe my will on her to make my life easier? Whereas she's happy the way she is right now. It's like a challenge, but Again, if I just lower that bar for her, the way that I've lowered it for myself, and if I'm able to do what Jared has done for me, then I can adjust the way that I parent. And in, through practice of doing that, I reparent myself. And yeah, it's a beautiful cycle. Popping in for an ad break, but also for a rant break, inspired by this ad. So there was a podcast clip that went viral that actually former guests of Lovers and Friends or one former guest was starring in. And I want to play that clip and tell you why it grinded my gears. And I also want to tell you about the sponsor, which weaves in perfectly for this, which is Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. This is the meal kit that my family is on right now. We are loving it. And my family started off on this deal that I'm about to offer you. Because the deal is so good, you might as well try it. And if you love it like we do, then just keep a good thing going. So go to factormeals.com slash lovers50 to use the code lovers50 for half off. So we got 16 meals for less than $100. Here is the receipt if you do not believe me. And if you're not convinced, I'm gonna tell you more, but first, let me play this clip. Am I wrong for thinking that a woman not being able to cook is a deal breaker for me? Yeah, that's your deal breaker. That's top three though? Right, like how's that at the top? That is something that I've realized is a non-negotiable for me. You wanna know why? why? It's not because I need her to cook for me, but what the f you been doing your whole life? <laughs> <laughs> what the have you been doing that you don't know how that you really will say that out loud you won't try yeah. you haven't gone to this is recipes Facts. white people can cook how are you as a black woman can't cook they have recipes like mm -hmm. you won't that says something to me about how you take care of yourself mm -hmm. and how you take care of yourself is going to reflect on how you take care of other people i can't with it at yeah. this age okay I I I'm not mad at you. That's true. I cannot. And that's basic survival tactics and right. being resourceful. Like, how functional are you as a human being if you can't supply food and nutrients you for yourself? You will not. <laughs> you won't. You will depend on other people. You wind up in Applebee's at $2 Tuesdays <laughs> every Tuesday. First things first, am I sensitive because I don't cook? Not that I can't cook, but that I don't cook. Probably. Secondly, is this said in jest? Obviously. Third, to the other host credit, does everybody have the right to their preferences? Absolutely. Fourth, does it still bother me? Hell fucking yeah. And here is why. Why are we continuing to put cooking up on a pedestal? And the question that the host asked, 
It just makes me concerned. If you didn't learn how to cook, what have you been doing? Making a million dollars, starting a family, playing soccer, watching movies that I enjoy, building things with the kids, going to the park with the kids, having sex with my husband, learning how to have different, more diverse, interesting sex with my husband or, you know. I've been doing things. I have been making valuable uses of my time. I have been bringing value to those that I love. I have been enriching my life through my natural passions and my natural interests, and nobody is suffering because of that. So this idea that being a good cook is tied to being a good partner confuses me, except if this is a natural hobby of yours, like you're a great cook and you spend lots of time cooking because you enjoy doing it. And as a result, you want a partner who you can do this thing with. Like I get that. If you love football and you do that four or three times a week, you want a partner who can engage in that activity. It makes sense. But if you yourself are not cooking, why place so much value on your partner spending this distant time with you doing this thing that you could easily outsource at this point? This is not 1995. We don't have to go to Applebee's. There are so many incredible meal services out there that provide nutritious, delicious, and varied diets delivered directly to your door based on your preferences. You can still do meal time together. You can still have meal time in the house and you don't have to do all the cooking and the cleaning and the prep work, which if you enjoy that as a hobby, that's something different. But if you don't naturally enjoy that, again, why is that tied to your overall value as a partner in this day and age? I don't get it. I don't support it. But again, I might be sensitive because I don't like that shit. And I think I'm a great lover. But I will tell you something. I am proud to manage the meals in my family while also being extremely proud to save the time it would take for me to shop, prep, cook, serve, and clean in order to share meal time with my family. So instead, I focus on doing the things that I value and that I think my family values most for me. And right now, I've been doing just that with the support of Factor. Choose from 35 plus weekly flavor-packed Fresh, never frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences all ready for you in two minutes in a container you can eat right out of or you can put it on a plate if you want that. You can set your preferences around your health goals, whether it's Protein Plus or Calorie Smart options. They have a bunch of add-ons like juices and shakes and breakfast and snacks. So this could be your one-stop food shop. Again, I order 16 meals a week with Factor. And to see if this deal could be right for you, head to factormeals.com lovers50 and use the code lovers50 to get half off. That is code lovers50 at factormeals.com lovers50 to get half off. If you so do desire the way that I desire. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a lot of things right with that. That's all I wanted to say. When is self-love too much? Is that a thing? Too much self-love. Again, if we define love by my definition in that I see the good in you and I want the best for you, there is no such thing as too much of that. I see the good in you doesn't mean that everything that you do is perfect. It means that it's in balance and I understand. It means that could you make better decisions when it comes to your time? Absolutely. Do you make the decisions that you make because you live in a world that is very stressful and the things that you choose to spend your time on make you feel calmer, even if just for the moment, and that's why you're attracted to doing them. Yes, so both of those things can absolutely be true. We can call ourselves to be more productive while also acknowledging that we are emotionally exhausted and things that give our brains a break from itself are extremely attractive in this high-stress, highly engaging environment. That to be said, like you can look at yourself critically while also understanding yourself. But then you can also decide through that understanding that you have the capacity for better and you can choose to do that. I love that about self in general, that it's an ever-changing and evolving concept. I love that about self. You can, if you have the capacity and if you look at the balance of it all and think it's worth it, you can choose to do something different. And that doesn't negate the fact that you don't still understand why you did what you did. So I think that um, 
there are things that come with love, right? Like jealousy and control, a need for power, um, a need to covet someone else, fear of abandonment, delusion. Like there are elements or traits that can be attached to love that can make the experience of being loved by anybody, even yourself, toxic or harmful. But love in its pure form, I don't think that there's anything as too much of that. I don't think that there is any capacity. Because I think that even that, when you truly like love yourself, you can also accept that there's not all parts of yourself that you like. You can also accept the fact that not everyone is going to like you either. And that doesn't change the fact that you are still lovable and deserving of love and that you can call people to treat you like a person who's worthy of love. Whether they do or don't have the capacity to love you, that's their business, but you are still allowed to stand up in front of that person and tell them, I am lovable and I need to be treated as such. I think that those things aren't exclusive. We're gonna close things out with Edward is the man. Edward who just had his birthday, happy birthday. Edward who really just supports everything that I do. Who loves me in a way that I don't think anybody in my life ever has. And it could be momentary, right? Edward could probably love many people um, in a parasocial, we have a parasocial relationship, but he just is so proud and happy for me. He wants the best for me. He does whatever he can, as far as I know, within his capacity to support that. Um, and just like sees the best in whatever I do and wants other people to see it too. So I just like wanna just take a note to say that I've DM'd Edward recently and just told him that how much I value I think he's the only person on planet Earth who like has my post notifications turned on because whenever I post something, Edward's like the first person to engage with it always. So thank you for being the one and only to do that. It's really, really cool. Um, and I'm really, I'm really proud to have someone like you in my community. I'm really proud to be in your gaze. So Edward asked um, the million dollar question, can you love other people if you don't love yourself? Can someone love you if you don't love yourself? And I think the answer is yeah. Can you eat if you don't know how to cook? For sure. But if the person who cooks for you stops cooking for you, your ass still gonna need to eat somehow, so then you gotta learn and figure it out. And you're at a place of lack, right? Um, so you're dependent on that other person for this thing that you probably do require, which goes back to the other person's thing, like can a root sustain can a tree sustain without the roots of love so to some capacity i mean life is just i'm not saying that you can't stay alive without self-love but life is just incredibly unenjoyable if you don't enjoy your existence if you don't see value in your existence so we can go on that that argument nonetheless absolutely other people can do it for you but if those people choose not to do it or those people don't exist anymore because you know death is a real thing everybody it's gonna happen to you it's gonna happen to me it's what we have in common um if those people die and you don't have access to that love that's actionable anymore and you don't have the ability to give those actions to yourself because you don't have that feeling that infinite feeling then you're kind of fucked so why not put the effort in it's a worthwhile quest Sometimes, you know, in school, we're like, I don't want to learn about dinosaurs. Like, what am I ever going to use this information? You're going to use the information on self-love. Uh, so learn. And it can be through books. I'm going to put a bunch of resources in the info box. One of them I will say, and we should all read together. It's a short book, is The Mastery of Love. I think it's Don Miguel Ruiz or Don Miguel Ruiz Sr. I can't recall. But that's something that I read a couple of years ago. And it went over my head a bit. There was concepts I took at the time, but it stayed with me. I will reread it with you right now um, if you can commit to doing that with me. But that just speaks the notion of your perfection. That just speaks the notion of the power of your self-love. And it just speaks to your highest potential in this regard. So I think that we should ground ourselves there. And then I'll list a couple of other books like The Art of Love, which I truly enjoyed, which taught me a lot, uh, The New Psychology of Love. And I did a course on positive psychology, which had a couple books in there that I really liked too. I like plan B was a good one. Anyways, I'll put some links there. That to be said, learn, put the work in and aspire to be in the kinds of relationships that can teach you this love. I'm gonna end things off with a story. 
And I often make this mistake. So I'm going to make it again because I'm me and I'm perfect. And uh, I obviously decide to do this for some goddamn reason. I am going to share a story, which I pray the person I'm telling the story about does not come across this. I'm going to pretend that only Edward and two other people listen to this podcast and talk about it. So recently, I shouldn't even try to cloud it. If you were there, that person, you're going to know it's you. Yesterday, I went out with an old friend that I haven't seen in a long time. And friend is like a strong, it's, it's a, I'm using this word loosely because like we don't have an active friendship in each other's lives, but we've been in each other's lives for a very long time. And we probably take on more of a nurturing, nurtured relationship than we do like an equal friendship dynamic. But we've been in each other's lives for a long time, but I just acknowledge that for whatever reason with this person, I never really feel accepted. I never really feel liked. I know I am loved. I know that I am valued. I know heavily when I'm fridge worthy or really valued to this person. But overall, there's like this like kind of through line that like there's a like, a love there, but not necessarily a like. Um, just like my interactions with them, they're just always kind of off and a little bit of a miss. So this person is meaningful to me because in a ceremonious way, we've been each other's lives for a long time. And again, this like nurturing, nurtured relationship dynamic tends to make us feel very sentimental. So they invited me out and I thought to myself, you know what, that particular day, I was already going to be like done up. And for this particular person, I feel like there's a preference for how I look. Like unlike Jared, I do think that there is a difference between how they feel towards me based on how I look. It's like, okay, I'm gonna be done up this day. And why not? So I'm gonna say yes. I haven't seen him in a while, I'm gonna say yes. And so I went out with this person and for much of it, no fault of their own. Like we're not even in a setting where there's an opportunity for like lots of intimate connection anyways, but I just don't feel connected to them. And I don't feel like, I don't feel accepted and wanted in this space for no fucking apparent reason, guys. Like if I explained to you where I actually was, you'd be like, bitch, you're tripping. But those feelings lingered and there was nothing about my interaction with this person that made me feel differently. But I'm like, I'm gonna persist and just be here because I am already here. It is perfect in this moment. I can find enjoyment. I'm gonna hyper-focus on something that I do really enjoy. So there was like a person who was just giving me a lot of joy looking at them. Like they were so in their element, they were doing what they loved and they were doing it so lovely that I was like, I'm just gonna watch this person like really hyper-focus. So I just watched that person. I found enjoyment in it. And anyways, the person who had invited me out, I was there alone with this person was, um, you know, they were like close to me, but at some point, for some reason, they just picked up their bag and they left. So now I'm like in this environment alone and they did not explain like, I'm going to do this. They just like left. So I'm like, okay, well, they'll be back. Um, lo and behold, like they don't come back for some time. And then like there's a natural time where they should have come back and they didn't come back. And now I'm like sitting in this space. And I always challenge myself if I'm not comfortable, stay off my phone because I just think that it's easy. And then what makes me feel comfortable is human interaction. What makes me feel comfortable is connection with other people. And when I open my phone, I close off any potential for that happening. So like, I'm not going to kill off my last dying thread of a chance by, you know, shutting myself off for opportunities. I'm going to sit there and just be right. I'm going to find things that I like. I'm going to be, I'm going to observe. So I'm sitting there and I'm being and I'm observing and I'm challenging myself to like, just be okay in this moment. Um, and then I just said, bitch, go home. <laughs> so I get back to the car and I'm feeling the feels. Guilt because I left early, not knowing if that person wanted to hang out later, kind of feeling like a lame for not being able to withstand the social uncomfortableness. Also, I'm feeling hurt that my friend left me and you didn't give an explanation and I'm alone in this environment. I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me or is interested in getting to know me. And I'm not making the effort to get up and know other people. So let's just make that clear too. I'm not standing up and walking around and talking to new people. So I'm feeling all these feelings, but then I just like zoomed out to the larger picture. I thought of that person. I thought of their priorities. I thought of their life. I thought of their heart. Um, and I thought of the fact that they didn't have to invite me to begin with. So I chose to see it from their vantage. I chose to send a loving text. And I chose to get the fuck out of there and go 
where I preferred to be and be around energies and spaces I preferred to be. That to me was me seeing the work that I've done in self-love play out in real time. The kicker, and I will add this as a caveat because I did rebut somebody who said that self-love is a journey. I'm like, no, it's the thing that always is. The truth of the matter is when I reflect on the fact that I very rarely feel that not belonging, like I don't belong here feeling, is because I'm very often with Jared. And wherever and whenever I possibly can in this world in life, I am with Jared. Um, I love traveling with Jared. I love doing everything with Jared. Um, and a big part of that is when I'm with him, I'm free. When, when I'm with him, I feel accepted. When I'm with him, I feel a sense of belonging. Like I have a sense of home. And I should be able to have that for myself, right? Like if I am feeling unworthy in an atmosphere, it's because I question my worthiness. If I'm not feeling wanted, it's because I question whether or not I am desirable or desired. And I still do have to work on embracing the principles that I know all the time in all scenarios. And this, this case study did exemplify that. So I love it for that reason too, because it outlined where I still have work to do. Don't you love that as an ending? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with our regular scheduled guest conversation format next week. And until next week, I love you. I hope that you have a really great week. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said, lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I said, lovers and friends. I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said, I'm going to wax that. I'm going to tax that. Bring it back so you can mac that, pack that. Where you going, press play, podcast streaming. Got you going all day, talking about the good, good. Girl, you know you look good. Sex, bringing sex, feeling understood. Yeah, you find it now, he no good. But if you listen, pay attention, you gon' find out how to make a miss. You got a ticket, baby, you just lovers and friends. Lovers and friends.